Hello, and welcome to Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week gives you a chance to hear about things happening in our area and a chance to hear from some of the people making news or covering it. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications. And joining us now on the program, changing uh, dates because uh, this semester, it's uh, the only way that we can do it. Uh, Dr. Bruce Anderson is here from Florida Southern College. Dr. Bruce, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so uh, Dr. Bruce will be with us on Thursdays at 730 for this semester. And then if we have to adjust next semester, we will. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I have to adjust. You have to adjust. Uh, yes. We all, we all obey the uh, adjustments inflicted by Florida Southern and our <laughs> students. So That's right. <laughs> after all, they, for me anyway, they, they definitely come first. Mm. So we got everybody moved in last weekend? We did. We did. Everybody's moved in. Everybody's happy, I think, pretty much. Classes um, have I always, started. I always ask the freshmen when they come in for their first day. They come in for individual advising, too, and I kind of try to figure out if they've got, you know, housing problems or roommate problems or any of that. And I didn't hear any of that this year. Okay. And we have a gigantic class in political science. I, I don't know what our overall gain was, mm. but political science is sitting on a ton of kids right now. Okay. So we're arranging mentoring. We're getting them with the upper college and planning Constitution Day. Oh, cool. Which is right around the corner. They yes. only have about two weeks to to get that together. Yeah. So. Well, you sure they'll be up to it? The upperclassmen will uh, they always uh, lead the way, right? Yeah. You know, this is the big change for a lot of first-year students is that they're used to coming into high school and having the older students pick on them, mm. you know, and bully them and stuff like that. It is the exact opposite when you come to Southern because the upper college are, are instantly interested in who they are and where they're from and what they're into. They Find want out which ones they can bully and pick on. No, I'm kidding. No. There's no I'm bullying. Joking. I'm kidding. Stuff. Um, I keyed. No, they tell them all the institutional things like, you know, what is it that Anderson actually wants in a paper and how long does it actually have to be with Anderson? And is he, does he for mean real? It when he says in-text citations and, and they're like, yes, 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 and yes, and five pages almost always. And it's got to be five pages. So they have to know those things. Mm. And they, they can either learn it sink or swim mm. and get everything back for revision or they can talk to the upper college and... More and more, that's, I mean, that's what they've always done, is talk to them. Dr. Anderson, Dr. Anderson, exactly. uh, five pages, you mean quadruple spaced, right? Yeah, right, right. No, no, <laughs> they, have a, they actually have a guide for every paper written in any of my classes. Mm. It's called All Papers, and it's, it, it, it outlines how the margins have to go, how the letting has to work, mm. um, what font to use. Oh, what? I will return them. You don't the make them week. use a certain font. Oh, yes, I do. Because, Why? Because, and this is, this is true of all papers, this is how journal submissions are made in political science. Okay. They have to be made in Times New Roman. Mm. They have to be 1.5 spaced. Wow. Um, they have to have regular margins. No running heads, no title page or any of that stuff. Mm. And all their information has to be there. And so we train them from day one in the uh, protocols that we use in political science. So everything has to be in APA and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you teach pre-law too, right? Well, we don't, we don't, we're not a law school. And no, this, is a, this like... is a thing that students also have to learn is that, you know, if, if they're going to learn how to brief cases, they're going to learn that in law school. And every law school does it differently. Yes. This is what lawyers don't know. Lawyers have been to law school, mm -hmm. but they've only been to one. Mm -hmm. 
And because they've only been to one, they don't have the big picture view that somebody that does pre-law advising does Mm -hmm. that, you know, and I've done it now for 30 years. And you get a sense of what they do out there. And boy, you don't want to mess with that, you know, Mm -hmm. because you don't want to send students in there with one form of brief or memo writing and have them run full speed into a brick wall. Mm -hmm. You don't want students going to law school thinking they know anything about the law because they don't. And law school is, you know, it's an intensive kind of brainwashing process of memorization Mm -hmm. and, you know, and rote learning. And we don't want to interfere with that. What we do do is send people there that are great writers. Mm -hmm. And it's because we have them write not only in our department, but they write outside their major. Um, A lot of our students are philosophy or English majors, and those will take writing classes in political science. If they're political science majors, we have them go over and take a course in poetry Mm -hmm. or in creative writing or something. Because the more facility they have with the language, the better they are able to communicate within the tight confines of, you know, writing reports in law. Yeah. I love that you do that, and I love that you make them write everything in a certain kind of font. When we send our appeals in... Yes. Our pellet work, they have to be in a certain font. They yes. have to have a certain spacing. They have to have a certain margin. So exactly. that that helps, I think, with when they get, you know, further. Well, we into we the teach them that there are protocols yeah. for everything yeah. in business, in law, in love particular, that. law law yeah. demands. Because those, those are the things, things that so. they don't learn in school. So it's nice that you guys are teaching that because that's the kind of thing. Usually, we end up with you know, new lawyers coming out of law school and it's like, hey, I don't know anything and we got to teach them how to write a brief and how to write a pleading and all that. So So it's nice that you're... you're six months in, you know, before they can effectively do anything in your firm. And, you know, two things conspire to reduce that six months. Mm -hmm. And the first, of course, is law school itself. Mm -hmm. If you've been to a good law school that does, you know, that that gives them like review over the summer and all that sort of thing for bar... Um, and has had them, you know, writing in a particular way. You know, most law schools do. Um, that helps. But their undergraduate training is what they take into law school. And if they're used to doing that, they are automatically three steps ahead yep. of everybody else that has come in. I agree. Um, the same thing is true in graduate school. If they have done conference writing, for mm-hmm. example, all of our students do a conference before they graduate. And that doesn't mean on our campus. They do it you know, at the Citadel or the, uh, the the Southern Association or at least the Florida Association of Political Scientists, and they present in front of people that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And they are faculty members. They're very often the only undergraduates there. But oh, what wow. it means is that when they get to graduate school, they have already had three or four papers that they nice. ha- that most of their compadres in graduate school will be producing for the first time. Right. That's awesome. They're used to writing. Mm-hmm. It's great. I once piled up all the paper that the freshmen had to do <laughs> in methods and said, do you realize how much you guys have written this semester? Because mm. I printed all these things out, and it's like 250 pages of stuff. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Plus, they had a paper still yet coming. Wow. And I said, well, that's what you've been writing. That's yeah. why you're good writers. That's awesome. That, that is. I love your program. That is. Uh, I'm, I'm too outside the box, though. The same reason that I, uh, I, couldn't, I can't work in an office cubicle. I will never give up. My Verdana or my Comic Sans. <laughs> comic Sans. Comic oh my Sans. Gosh. Oh my goodness. I like Comic Sans. Well, I can't. Uh, I you know why I like it? Because but... because everybody says they hate it. That's why I like it. Well, There's a reason why people hate it, though. Because <laughs> because they're stupid. 
No, I don't think no. it's a perfectly. Oh, that's what it is. It's a perfectly. Whoa. It's a perfectly it's a serviceable perfectly, font. It's a perfectly wow. overused. It's a perfectly wow. serviceable font. Serviceable in, as in readable. Yes, it isn't it's, really, it's, really readable. Yeah, but I'm offended. Don't We're send it. In, don't send your appeal in written <laughs> like not. that. Yeah, please don't. No. <laughs> They'll <laughs> kick <laughs> it right back at you. Exactly. It's not even getting submitted. Sorry, yeah, buddy. I'm sorry. We can't read this. Nope. Not happening. It's okay. I'm uh, anti-establishment anyway. So yeah. Well. Well, then Us you too. lose by default. <laughs> I couldn't work in a cubicle to save you, although my office isn't much bigger than a cubicle. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to like sit there uh, and, listen to other people. And, no. Right. And, and be told what time you can take a break and all of that. So. No. No. I, you know, I'm busy enough that I'm riding around campus most of the yeah. time. The first uh, Republican uh, debate last night. <laughs> Is that what and, that was? Yes. Sounds Sounded like, like a, a mess. Sounds, yeah. That uh, well, there was uh, there was some uh, contentious. Uh, I mean, a lot of attacking President Biden and a lot of attacking each other. Of so uh, that's Pretty what much. they do in in debates, apparently. That was the, the whole thing is worthless without the major character. Right. I mean, uh, and I understand why Donald Trump decided not to do it. I mean, if you're up by even ten points in a congressional race, you won't debate anybody. There's no reason to. It's only when you get within a couple of points of, you know, your your nearest rival that you would actually have a debate. It's good advice he got, and he stayed out, and I think that's great. Mm. He actually had his own event with Tucker Carlson. Did anybody see that? No. Um, he had an oh, interview. no, I'm not on I Twitter. I'm not either. on Twitter. He, he, had a, he had an interview with, uh, with, with, uh, with Tucker that ran, I think, at the same time as the debate. Mm. Um, but, you know, I mean, how, how much... What is this really worth without the central character? And to deny that Trump is a central character is silly. Um, I'm not saying he's got it wrapped up. Nobody has anything wrapped up until Election Day. But the bottom line is that he is by far cast way, way ahead of any of these people. Well, and, and I think they, they did ask, uh, you know, who would support Donald Trump if he ends up being the nominee? And everybody raised their hand except for Mike Pence and Chris Christie. Correct. So... And Asa Hutchinson, you know, would would not also would also would not support. Oh, I, I didn't Trump notice if he's that. Connected. I just he's the one that says and, that and anybody Pence. carrying ninety-one felony counts mm. should not be running for president. Well, I I mean, I would tend to agree, but you know, that's not. Well, I would it's tend not up to, to agree me too, um, and that's that's my opinion. But you know, uh, you yeah, know, it's not up to us. Um, the, the the this. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do with these primary debates? The whole idea of running out and invading Mexico is just the silliest thing I've ever heard. Um, you know, that's something that you expect to hear from the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the jingoism of the 1890s or something. We're going to invade Mexico and straighten them out or something. Mm. Um, those are dangerous ideas and silly ideas. Um, the, uh, uh, the, the interplay, I think, on the people that know something about foreign policy, like Nikki Haley, mm -hmm. and uh, the people that know nothing about uh, foreign policy, um, our own governor, for example, and, and some of the others, uh, in talking about the Ukraine, I think was, was really important. Right. You know, Nikki, Nikki Haley um, accused, uh, I forget who it was now, who had said we should pull immediately out of the Ukraine. I think it was a tech wizard guy. Um, that, uh, you know, and he said that Putin was a strong leader. And she said, don't defend a murderer. Don't defend a yeah. murderer. I mean, uh, somebody's got to call reality on some of this stuff here, folks. <laughs> so the head of the Wagner group just died in a plane crash? <laughs> oh, yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> I'm not laughing because somebody's dead. I'm laughing because dead, we're supposed actually. to somehow believe this 
is yeah. some kind of an accident. Right. And of course it isn't. And and the blatant, you know, the blatant uh, nature of the uh, of the act is uh, is so full frontal that it is clearly a warning to anyone else that if you step out of line, this is what happens. Well, I mean, the cat did lead a uh, a, a violent armed revolution against the state. Yeah. You have to expect that kind of thing. If you know, we don't do it that way here. What we do mm-hmm. with people that are insurrectionists is we put them on trial. Uh, the Russians don't do it that mm-hmm. way, or at least Mr. Putin doesn't. Do yeah, it China that doesn't way. do it that way. That's why uh, a guy, a dissident who uh, uh, spoke against the Chinese government, rode a jet ski from China to South Korea, <laughs> 150 miles across. Oh my goodness! On a jet ski, That's so he could awesome. escape China. That is really yeah. you do what you got to do. Because is there a video you know, of those? Uh, well, sure, I mean, YouTube, there's video but, of the of yeah. the jet ski and stuff, but I don't know if of him arriving or anything. Talk about jetting but, out, you know? I mean, uh, he I gotta, knew he knew if he stayed here, around, he was going to be. So, uh, oh, the, the the Chinese yeah. are actually uh, less likely. The people that they put to death are usually corruption mm. cases. Uh, political cases almost always end up in re-education camps, which yeah. are well, they're gulags by any other by any right. other name. Right, they have those in North but Korea they, too. They, so. they don't typically kill people for unless it's an armed insurrection of some yeah. sort. And the Chinese have had very very few of those. Um, the Chinese party wants to try to quote re-educate and quote mm. their dissidents to bring them back to the party line. But if you take bribes, if you are somebody that's trying to buy things on the black market and those kind of, those are those are death sentences. Yeah. And so they are actually ideologically more in line with I mean, I'm not saying it's a great ideology, but they are more in line with that kind of thing right. than the Russians are. The Russians are running untrammeled here. Mm. And Putin is doing whatever he likes. His his uh his I, his uh I just historical saw that headline. I was like Oh, he died in a plane crash? Oh, that's Yeah, he's channeling, channeling Uncle Joe Stalin here, I think, pretty much all the time these days. North Korea, um, they don't, people don't mysteriously die of illnesses or die in accidents. They just disappear. They vanish. Yes, it's night and fog, nocturnal, just as the gone. Germans used to say. Mm. And it's not alien abduction. No, it is not. Well, yeah. it is alien in right. right. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's certainly it's not those kind of aliens. You just, you just <laughs> stop <laughs> seeing them in public. Yeah, not those aliens. Oh, what happened to that guy? Right. Oh, I don't know. Nobody knows what happened to that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just disappeared. Yep. He drove exactly. a jet ski out of here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dr. Bruce Anderson, Florida Southern College. Dr. Bruce, thank you very much uh, for being here. We appreciate it. And uh, always happy to see you. Uh, congratulations on uh, getting the new semester underway. Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't do it. Well. <laughs> uh, Thankfully, our leadership at Florida Southern had everything prepped. All I think uh, they in. have a pretty good planning over there. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah. good. This program was pre recorded and may not reflect the most current information available. Here to explain to us today why uh, some members of Congress will be wasting their time today. Uh, oh, my gosh. Dr. Bruce Anderson from Florida Southern College. Oh, for the first time this uh, year, wasting their time. No. Oh, no. No, it's not the first time. <laughs> I'm sure it's Unfortunately. The first no, and, and, of course, I'm referring to the uh, House committee that's going to hold uh, what some media are calling eagerly awaited hearings about UFOs. <laughs> 
What? So yep. they're they're giving For legitimacy yes. to Transparency. UFO. Uh, David Grush, a whistleblower, former intelligence official who in June claimed the U.S. has possession of intact and partially intact alien vehicles, is among the witnesses slated to appear and will You're repeat his this? allegations in front of seemingly supportive lineup of congressmen and I women. I, I think this? I heard this, but I thought it was a, a joke. Or a hoax or We've something. We've been playing it no, for the last couple of days. It's been in the news for the last couple of days, and uh, it's been something that at least one or two Congress people have been Listen, calling for for so a while. So what is there evidence behind having thinking this so is true? It's got to be legit. I mean, I they're talking about super, it. Super. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. I don't know. Doctor Bruce, uh, let's let our political analyst sure looks like weigh in, please. It might be. Okay, so here's here's the issue, and that is that you it's it's not just UFOs. What you've got here are you know years and decades, in fact, of naval air force, army air force, depending on what era and so on, information yeah. that has come in having to do with unidentified vehicles or or items in the air and so on and so forth. They the thing is stuff. that there is tremendous uh, pressure from the security community on a lot of these things, because a lot of these things are things like Russian spy planes and Chinese uh, spy balloons, balloons and things like that. And when you've got things like that going on, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have a whole uh, cluster of files that are going to be, that are going to be rated at least secret. Mm. And so those have not been available. They've been available to the intelligence committees who say, don't worry about this. Um, but they haven't been available to Congress at large. And you've always got one or two people that will come forward and say, well, I think this is what's going on. And, um, you know, having having a, uh, you know, a whistleblower, I'm not sure whistleblower is really the right word, because um, he really didn't reveal anything that people didn't already know. Uh, it'll be interesting. It's fun. It's doldrums. It's the middle of the summer. Why not talk about this? I'd rather they were talking about this than some of the other things they've been talking about. So why not UFOs? Well, and Tim Burchett, who is actually a member of Congress, he says that uh, – some of these crafts contain technology that could turn us into a charcoal briquette and <laughs> added that the U.S. was 100% seeing things in the sky that might not be of this earth. Yep. Mm, well, I guess what? we'll hear about that go. today. This is what they're talking Where about. There you go. What, there's there's what no particular crafts? reason to, uh, to, to keep things like that secret. But the thing is that it's, it's woven in and threaded through a whole bunch of information that has to do with national security stuff. And that's why it doesn't usually come out. And no shocker, Anna Paulina Luna is also on that committee oh and uh, receptive to the testimony. Oh, my. Oh, Alien oh, okay. technology. Goodness. And like, not I, I thought all that stuff was over on Joe Rogan or Coast to Coast or Warren. something, you know? And they talk it's about on the stuff national like news that. today. Yeah. No, I mean the, uh, the material oh, that we're talking about yeah, today. Yeah. So, Honestly, something beyond the national news is not something that I'm necessarily. Well, we've got national news about uh, Ron DeSantis that I think is probably pretty important right now. And uh, maybe even more important than UFOs. I'm worried that he's going to simply seek an exit here. Mm. Um, He's he's fired over a third of his staff. Uh, He is running out of money, although he was the leader uh, in the last quarter among Republican candidates other than Mr. Trump. Mm. Um, He's just getting kind of stomped to the dirt in the polls. There are a bunch of uh, errors on his campaign by people, some of whom are still with the campaign. Um, These videos and things that the campaign was putting out and trying to pretend like they were put out by somebody else and 
You know, there was this really grossly homophobic one, and then there was one that apparently contains some kind of a white supremacy thing. And, you know, when you have to spend Yikes. all day defending yourself against charges that you're a white supremacist or a homophobe, you don't have much chance to get out there and campaign much. Mm. And so, you know, there, there, there are good reasons why the polls are dropping. Um, the campaign has been mishandled probably from the from the first tweet, which didn't go off. Right. Um but and a lot of people, you know, on both sides of the aisle are all patting each other on the back and saying goodbye to, you know, Ron DeSantis and, you know, good riddance and all this sort of thing. But I don't think they recognize what it is that DeSantis brings to this primary. And that is a, a real discussion of, you know, of of issues that are important to Republicans. Um, most of these things are things that, you know, progressives are going to find pretty abhorrent. And that means things like getting rid of the AP uh, college boards uh, in African American history, for example, but if that's going to be an well, issue, to be clear, he never said party, he wanted to get rid of African American history. No, that was one course. But they canceled the boards. Yeah. They canceled the uh, the the AP classes because they couldn't make the board get into line with their with their way of thinking. My my point is that there's mm. a lot of discussion that could be taking place in the Republican Party that won't be taking place because we'll have a de facto nominee over there. Uh, and that'll, that'll, that'll be Mr. Trump. Um, Tim Scott is probably the only one that really offers up both, you know, some numbers, some money, and possibly a state into the argument. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. Mm. But, but DeSantis is really the guy on the right. And he's, you know, to the right of Trump. And if those are ideas that need to be discussed, he's the one who discusses them. Right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know uh, if you can get further right than Donald Trump, but, uh, you know. Yeah. That's. Well, his his accusations against Trump, such as they are, and I think mm. this is part of the problem, is that he needs to get distance from the front runner mm. and point out what those differences are. You know, yeah. he's a uh, he's a smart cat and he's got he's got a lot of, uh, you know, sort of policy history here that he can rely on that Trump really can't. And I'm just wondering were the people here while Donald Trump was president who are now uh, saying they're going to vote for him? Uh, were, did, were they in this country at that time? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I, I just I, I don't understand it. Well, I, I don't either. But, you know, that it's not my place to, you know, to uh, to argue against other people's you know interest in a candidate. I mean, they are interested in him. They do want him back. But don't you need to know why? Don't you like to know? Wouldn't you like to know why? Well, I'm curious in the same way that I am, uh, you know, that I might tune in C-SPAN and see what these UFOs are about. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same kind of a question. You know, when mm. things challenge the reality of the moment, you know, you, you kind of, you, you know, somewhat have to wonder what the deal is. But... Um, the, the, the problem here is that none of that is really going to come to the fore over the next six months. And essentially, the primaries are over. I mean, Joe Biden is going to be the, the Democratic nominee and Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee unless the DeSantis people can somehow make this reset work. And I, I don't I, I don't see much hope for that, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Um, he's keeping the same folks on in his campaign that have run it up to this point when you do a reset. You, you clean the slate and you start over, and that's what he needs to do while he's still got enough money to make that happen. Mm. Well, but I that's mean, that, you know that that's that's my opinion. Yeah, um, and I think he brings something to the table. I really do. I don't like to see candidates drop out, whoever they are, out of races before they have their say. 
And, you know, I'm going to disagree with almost everything that Mr. DeSantis says. But that doesn't mean that he shouldn't say them. It means that we we need to listen to them and weigh them and make decisions about them. And we're not going to be able to do that if he's out of the race. What is your thought about lower polling people uh, dropping out and, and not splitting the, the votes. Well, that was a 2016 strategy on the Trump part, right, mm-hmm. was to take them on one at a time as they rose to the top and eliminate them. And I think that uh, Mr. Trump is is shooting for another t- uh, 2016. Um, the, it, it would be almost impossible to replicate the thing that, that made him win. Yeah. So, which is, you know, winning Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. That's not happening for Mr. Trump. Lynn and Nick and Lorianne here with Dr. Bruce Anderson from Florida Southern College. Dr. Bruce, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm putting up with the heat. Yeah. As are we all. Mm. You know, I did something about climate change. Yes. I did. I now no longer use a dryer. <gasps> okay. Do you hang up line. everything? I hang everything up. Mm. Absolutely. But don't you have to iron more? No, not I never iron it. Up. Oh, look at me. Yeah, really? not if you hang it up Ironing? right after it comes out. Yeah. Like you just pop that, it. Remember the old drip dry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have like a closer If you leave it in the washer. modern fabrics do not require a dryer, especially yeah. a dryer that's in your dryer. I mean, a, a, an iron that's in your dryer. I had a dryer like five years ago. It was one of these big fancy things that I ended up with. And it had a steamer in it. Yeah. And it's like, more things to break. <laughs> more things to break, but more things to eat up the electric yes, bill. Yeah. I mean, for crying yeah. out loud. So how do you do that? Do you have a line outside or is it? I do. I have a carousel. It broke just before I went overseas. Oh. And my friend Kristen, who stayed in the house, um, just got, you know, we had one of these German racks and she just dried clothes on that. And it was no problem. And so when I got back, I made it industrial strength and got a carousel and cemented it into part of the backyard Mm -hmm. behind a hedge. We've had one of those for years at my parents' house. I love it. I really do. And until it rains. Well, that's the thing. Right now is the toughest time of year to do it, and right. I love it now. I can't wait to, you know, hit January or something when it's, you know, 60 degrees outside and it hasn't rained for about a month. It's when, perfect. When you say it's a carousel, is it the one that kind of looks like a funnel, like it like funnels yeah. upwards? Yes. Okay. It, well, it, it, it has a— It's like four sides and has— Yeah, exactly. Cool. And you can turn it and, nice. and that kind of thing. That's what I figured. I've, I, I thought you could turn those, so— so, I mean, every little bit helps, right? I'm not giving up my car. That's not happening. But. If you live in an HOA, though, you got to check and make sure those are allowed. Some HOAs don't even allow I don't them. live in an HOA. Yeah. Mm. And FYI. HOAs need to allow that. Yeah. They need to Just allow FYI. that. Just put it in the backyard by a fence. I'm going to hang my I still will see it. In the the smallest apartments in here. Greece have these... these um, Hinged things that stick out over the balcony because most of them do have balconies. Yeah, and you can just hang your clothes right on that on oh coat hangers. When I was when yeah. I lived in Brooklyn yeah, in my cool. building, there was like one of those ones that had like the pulley system between the two buildings. Oh, or yeah. you awesome. could like swing it right. like we, over the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no That's one really. Cool. Or like the underwear back alley ends up or, on a yellow cab cool. and ends up in Manhattan. Well, it was like. You know, between the alley, between the two buildings in the back of your apartment. But it was, it was kind of cool. I don't think anybody used it because it was pretty old. But it was neat to kind of, like, see that and yeah. that's still out there. It's pretty cool. I don't know. My electric bill went down by a ton. Yeah. Oh, really? Because, yeah, I wash a lot of clothes because I play tennis and it gets sweaty and you got to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So 
you know, but geez, you know, dryers, they take up a lot of electricity and our electric bills are going up too. Yeah, I know, yeah. Lakeland Electric trying to pay off demolishing one of their... That station. Yeah. Yeah. You probably get away with doing that in like your shower because sometimes in like... uh, in like hotels and like cruise ships, just and don't stuff. turn it on. Well, no, but like they have like those things that's been attached to the wall that will create a clothesline yes. in your shower. So if you uh-huh. need to, you I need have to do a drying it rack in my house, so yeah. I, I dry everything. I, I wash all my shirts and my jackets, and I hang them up to dry. I've always hung up my Levi's, yeah. you know, and and stuff like well, that. Keeps them nice it takes and so long, you know. Mm. You know, you have four hundred pairs of Levi's. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. It's going to take overnight for them to dry. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I dry everything on the lowest setting on my dryer. Mm. And uh I I hang up my shirts when they're partially dry so they're not wrinkly, but I have a rack in the laundry room. That well, I'm, just, not, I'm not judging. I just uh, judging. hang them up on on the on the coat <laughs> hangers. Yes, on but coat um, hangers. Exactly. but my electric bill is only like 100 bucks a month anyway, so. Really? Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. I don't either. Jeez, I have electric air, you can go home so now, it's a killer. Yeah. And electric heat. Well, you turn, really if, if you turn the lights off in rooms that you're not in and you, you don't. Uh, I, I have, have an electronic all, thing that does yeah. that. I have all the lights off. I, I never turn yeah. lights on, and I still have a $500 All my lights are uh, LEDs, mm-hmm. and I barely turn this them month. on. And plus there's it'll time, be this month in August. It'll be the two There's highest. times when there's no electricity being used in the house other than just what's, you know, refrigerator running and. You know, that kind of stuff. I got rid of one of my What about air conditioner? No. Yeah, the air conditioner, of course. Yeah. Well, you yeah. have a kimchi refrigerator, regular refrigerator, another refrigerator. I have three. Yeah, three. I got three rid of one of mine. Yeah. yeah, I got one, rid of one of mine. I only have two now. One like in the garage and one's mm. in the house. I only have one. I, have one. I feel, no, I feel like inadequate. Here. Right? But the one is in the garage a, is like a deep I feel the same way. Yeah. It's like not fair. It's a competition. They got a lot of money, these wins. two. It's not money. Three. Came with the house. Dr. Bruce Anderson, thank you very much, Dr. Bruce, for coming in. We appreciate you. And that wraps up this week's edition of the program. Thank you for tuning in and join us again next Sunday for Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications.